We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Sup? It was nice to have a little break last week, um, but we are back with another exploration of a book in the Bible, and we're where this week? Two core. <laughs> we're in Second Corinthians this week. It's an it's an interesting book. It kind of gets personal. Yeah, you know, you read the Psalms, and sometimes I get really emotional reading the Psalms, but there's no other book in the Bible that I get as emotional about reading as the book of 2 Corinthians, mm. because even though when some of you read it, you might think that, are you crazy? <laughs> it's, it's because it is the struggle of Paul to continue his ministry with a very difficult group of people whom he loves very much, but they don't love him back the yeah. way he loves them. So it's it's really important yeah. to all people who try to minister with people. I don't know how it is in, in the original Greek, but near the end, he calls himself a fool. Well, for, and he does that. Yeah. We're going to get to that, why he does that in right. just a minute. So, okay. So what, if it is this sort of personal outpouring of him, what is going to be our main point of why he would write this letter? Well, basically... I think you can you can find the core of it in um, a couple of chapters in Second um, Corinthians chapter three, four, and five. I guess that's three chapters. Yeah. Um, when you look at chapter two, verse um, is it fourteen or fifteen, where he's talking about we always lead people in triumph in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that the smell of the knowledge of Christ might be made known in every place through us. Mm -hmm. yep. Now read what he says right after that. All right. Uh, start in verse 15. Uh, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to, uh, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not... All right, that's good. Okay. How would you like to be responsible for being the smell of Christ <laughs> every single hour of every single day, every single circumstance, every place you go, everyone you talk mm -hmm. to? Yeah. And that last little question that Paul asked there, who is sufficient for these things? Who can right. bear that kind of a responsibility? Yeah. When you go down to chapter 3, verse 5, there's mm -hmm. some good stuff in between, but we want to get to the nut here. Right. 3, verse 5 and 6. He says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. All right, he answers his own question from chapter 2, who is sufficient mm -hmm. for these things. He yeah. says, we're totally inadequate for this 
right. ministry that we've been given. And he felt that very deeply, but he says, God makes us sufficient. Hmm. It's like when you know you're weak and you know you're, you don't have everything you need, tools or whatever, but you just say, Lord, I know I need to do this, and you just go for it and please work through me in spite of my weakness. This is Paul. Yeah. And he said, God made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. He talks about himself as a minister of the new covenant in verse 6. Mm -hmm. In verse 8 and 9, he calls himself a minister of the spirit as opposed to the letter, a minister of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, then when you get down to chapter 4, verse 1, read that one for us. See, he takes this ministry extremely seriously. Yeah. All of you out there, how serious is it? If God has given you the charge of offering through the preaching and teaching of the gospel, offering the new covenant to people, trying to persuade them to to enter into this relationship with God, and then trying to keep them in that relationship, you know, that's a huge responsibility. And Paul yeah. accepts it as his ministry. Now read four hmm. one. Yeah, he says, therefore having this ministry by the mercy of mercy of God we do not lose heart. All right, and some translators would translate that, we do not give up, we do not lose heart. Paul was basically saying, look, if we quit, if we lose heart, if we give up, Mm -hmm. then who's gonna do this? And at at times, every minister in his his life asks that same question and thinks about giving up and says, Mm -hmm. because we have this ministry that's more important than any other ministry in the world, we're not gonna give up. And then he comes back to that in chapter 4, verse 16, and says it again. Read there. Yeah, he says, We do not lose heart, or we don't give up. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. All right, so he says, I feel beat down on the outside, Mm -hmm. but not spiritually, and... I'm not going to give up because I'm not looking at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Yeah. And he carries you into that next chapter and talks about his earthly body and how it's wasting away. And he groans mm-hmm. in that, but he's mm-hmm. looking for a heavenly body. Yeah. Uh, go down to verses 9 through 11. That's really key stuff there about this ministry that Paul has and what it's about. Yeah. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. All right, so look at the mentality of this godly minister. Um, verse 9, chapter 5, our aim in life is to please Him. Mm -hmm. And why is that true? Verse 10, because we believe with all of our heart that everybody's going to stand in judgment. And then in verse 11, he says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Now, if you want, if you want to, to put the ministry of an evangelist in three words, it's right there. Mm. We persuade men. Yeah. And of all people in the world, God left this job of persuading people to understand and accept the new covenant and stay in that relationship with God. And Paul calls it the ministry of the new covenant, the ministry of the spirit, the ministry of righteousness. And since we have this ministry, we don't give up. And then when you come down to chapter 5, 
-hmm. starting in about verse 14, he says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that one died for all, therefore all died. And one died for all, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sakes died and rose again. Now, how do you, as a person who understands that, go out and convince other people... (laughs) Persuade other people yeah. that they should die to themselves and that they should live with him. Now read 17 and 18 and 19 there for me. Okay. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. All right, see there in verse 18, we've received the ministry of reconciliation. Remember, he said... We have the ministry of the new covenant, the ministry of the spirit, the ministry of righteousness, mm-hmm. now the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. See? And and he says we've got the message of reconciliation. So what's your job, Paul? My job is to help lost people all over the world be be reconciled to God. Yeah. Then look at verse 20 or 20 where he says we are ambassadors of Christ. Is that mm-hmm. verse 20? Verse 20. Read that for yeah. us. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. All right. We beg you. We yeah. beseech you. We implore you on behalf of Christ. See, that goes back to 511 where he says, Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Right. So we're begging you people to see God's love and His plan and your sinfulness and be reconciled to God. Preachers are beggars. <laughs> they beg people. They try to persuade people. They don't, they don't twist people's arms or force people, but by the teaching of the gospel, they try to persuade people. Yeah. And then in 6.1, he begs them something else. Mm-hmm. What does he beg them in 6.1? In 6 1, he says, Working together with him, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. All right, so number one, we beg people to be reconciled in the first place. Mm-hmm. And number two, we beg our converts, like these Corinthians that were such a pain, to not <laughs> receive the grace of God in vain and not turn away from God after they've re- accepted God. Yeah. So I guess, kind of knowing that. The core of this is a message to a minister, is a message from a minister, I guess is a better way yeah, of saying about, it. Yeah, about the vitalness of that ministry, but but what we haven't shared is, okay, in the book of 2 Corinthians, it's it's you can see the intensity of Paul about his ministry and how mm-hmm. we're never going to give up, yeah. yet these people that he's ministering to are hurting his feelings all over the place. Yeah, and so I guess before we might get a little bit to some of the things or ways that they're hurting his feelings and how that's affected him or whatever. Is this still a book that like a general convert can gain from? Yeah, my students ask me that all the time and they want it to be everybody. It is, and it shows you the vitalness of the church's ministry to reconcile people. Yeah, like Uh, every individual Christian is supposed to be sharing the message. Well, yeah, but that's really not the message of Second Corinthians. Okay, um, that's that's the, the yeah no the the church as a whole does have the mission of the Great Commission. Right. But not everybody takes the responsibility of the ministry of an evangelist there like Paul go. did. Yeah. And what this book is about is 
is for people in churches to understand what that means mm. and for ministers to understand that in their struggles they're not the only ones that have ever struggled with this that everybody that's ever really taken this as a responsibility yeah. struggles with this so in in this um, you know there's all kinds of things in chapter one and two uh, the people were the Corinthians were mad at Paul because he didn't come to them mm-hmm. when he had planned to visit them in the first place he delayed his trip yeah and there was a group of outsiders that had come to Corinth and they were saying well Paul just talks out both sides of his mouth and he tells you he's going to do one thing and then turns around to do another yeah and Paul loved these people so much and he was so frustrated that they would listen to these outsiders and he tries to explain why he didn't come and how that God had other things for him to do and and but if you go to chapter 6 and go down to verse 11 through 13 Mm -hmm. um, this is a well let's let's do something before then we're going to run out of time but (laughs) if you go to chapter 6 and um, start with verse 3 and read down through 10 this is a litany Paul's pouring out how hard he's tried to be a faithful minister in some difficult circumstances, mm. and he's really feeling this. Read, okay. read 3 through uh, 10 for sure. me there. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in affliction. All right, by the way, when you, when yours says as servants of God, mm-hmm. you'll notice that it's the word minister as ministry. So yeah. better translated as ministers of God for, okay. our, for our audience. Yeah, sure. Um, but as ministers of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and as behold we live, as punishment yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. Now you get, you know, if you really dissect that, there's a lot of emotion in that. Oh yeah. There's a lot of experience in that. These what he's really saying to the to the Corinthians is you have no idea <laughs> what yeah. I've been through and what I've endured to share God with you and to teach you about God and everything. Mm. And then 11 through 13 is where he lets it out. Yeah, he says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You're not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own afflictions. In, uh, in your own... In your own affections. There. Sorry. Break on the lines. Restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children. Widen your hearts also. What he means is, our feelings for you are unrestricted. We love you Mm. openly and honestly, but you... You Don't are. love us back yeah. like we do. And you have no idea what we've gone through. And see, yeah. the, the, the ministry Paul's not going to give up on. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you can't 
separate the person and his personal feelings from yeah. his ministry. And so in 614, which is a passage that we often use completely out of context, read that one. Yeah. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness okay, with Okay, stop right there. Do not be heterozygotous, yoked with a different kind. Yeah. With unbelievers. The unbelievers he's talking about, if you walked back through the text, which we don't have time to do, is this group of interlopers that came mm -hmm. in and were trying to turn the people away from Paul and yeah. away from the gospel. We're not talking marriage of a couple. No, he's no. talking about this bad influence that you're allowing to turn you away from Christ and turn you away from me. Yeah. They brought letters of recommendation, these guys did, but Paul's letter was his own experience with them. You know mm. me. You know my sincerity. You know what I've done. Yeah. So read uh, 7-2 also here. Same thing okay. as 6, 11 through 13. Yeah, he says, make room in your hearts for us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. All right. See now, <laughs> so he says, Look at us and look at them and look at my track record with you. Yeah. Don't look at some paper. Look at <laughs> look at the year and a half I spent with you and your experience with me. And did you see me sincerely trying to... Who, who did I misuse sexually? Who did I try to get money from? Who did I... Try, you know, mm -hmm. And he's saying, you, you see how hard I tried to be the real deal among you. Yeah. And yet you're treating me like this. Yeah. So if as you go through the book, especially as you get over into chapter... Um, 10, mm -hmm. he explains in a great passage what his real aim is. And he's talking about these teachers who are running Paul down and, and the weapons that they use. And then he talks about what he's really trying to do, 3 through 5 in chapter 10. Okay. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your right. disobedience or obedience is complete. All right, so what is our goal? It's to capture every thought for the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. And you know that's what our goal is because you watched me work for a year and a half. You were part of it. And then he says, look at how frustrated in verse 7. Look at what's right in front of your face. <laughs> he says, if anyone thinks that he belongs to Christ, you know, mm -hmm. well, again, take account that just as he does, certainly I do too. And then he gets dragged into this um, business of comparing himself, which he hates. Yes. He hates this with a passion, yes. and, and he's dragged into comparing himself with these teachers. Yeah. Look at look at verse twelve. Okay, still there in chapter ten. Yep. All right, verse twelve. He says, "Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding." And all ministers understand how how disheartening it is when you get compared. <laughs> <laughs> with with other people and that yeah. you know you can really be dragged down in that kind of comparison it's really not about that and if you drop down mm -hmm. to 17 and 18 Paul tells how things ought to be yeah he says let no one boast who boasts boast let the one who boasts boast in the Lord for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved but the one whom the Lord commends. so he wants in the in the final end he wants the Lord's approval mm -hmm. more than anybody else but it hurts him like crazy mm -hmm. that he can't have the approval of the Corinthians when he's trying so hard yeah. 
to influence their life for good. I mean, See? that's that's where I, I always know people go jump to chapter 11. And like, we want to read through everything Paul lists and we want to go see how great he was, see how great he was. Yeah. But it's that sort of, he goes, I didn't want to go through this list. Yes. I, I don't want to boast in any see, of that see, stuff. See, now you've got it because yeah. boasting is not right in yourself. Mm -hmm. He's dragged as a human being into this, into this mm. contest of comparison and he hates it. Yeah. And when he gets into chapter 11, starting in 16, he goes mm -hmm. through this long litany of the things that... Uh, that he's been through. Um, this is right after he just unloads on these other guys. Look <laughs> uh -huh. at chapter 11, verse uh, uh, 13, actually 12 through 15. We'll wrap this up pretty quickly here. Yeah, he says, What do I do? I will continue, what I do, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. All right, and by the way, the word servants here... Mm -hmm. Is that... This is the word for minister. Uh -huh. So he's calling these guys ministers of Satan instead of ministers of God. He pulls the gloves completely off. Right yeah, here. there's no holding back <laughs> at this point. And then he goes into this litany of things mm -hmm. that he's done to try to be honest and, yeah. and do everything for them. And then go down to um, verse 28 and 29 where he rips my heart out. Okay. He says, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? So he says, I worry about you every day and you don't care. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea. Yeah. And then in uh, if you follow the word boast here, it's all through this oh, yeah. text. But yeah. you have to understand it and... Verse twelve, uh, chapter twelve. It it starts out the chapter again. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you do I really have to boast? Yeah. Should I tell you about the heavenly visions I've had yeah. and how I've been caught up to paradise yeah. to the third heaven and I've seen and heard things that it's not even permitted for a mortal person mm -hmm. to speak. And I could have let this make me proud, but down in verse seven. Um, Satan gave me a thorn in the flesh, and God mm -hmm. made me keep it to keep it keep me humble yeah. of all things. Yeah, and I I can picture him thinking back on the things that he knows Jesus taught, and the things he's heard from the other apostles or directly from Christ, and going back there in verse thirty one is one of the ones that I've had underlined in that sort of. He has to go to the point where he can't just let it be what it is. He goes, even God knows I'm not lying. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just like. If you're going to be struck down for saying something, you're going to go, God knows I'm not lying. Yeah, have you, you have know? you ever been so frustrated and mad that you just broke out into tears because you were so frustrated mm -hmm. and mad? Mm -hmm. You know, they call 1 Corinthians the tear-stained le letter. Yeah. But I think for Paul, 2 yeah. Corinthians is that most tear-stained letter. So yeah. he finally gets down to the point in, in chapter uh, 12, verses 9 through 11, that... Um, it's it's okay if he's made weak because when he's weak, that's when God can really use him. Right. So it gets back really to the to the resolution we had in chapters four mm -hmm. and five, three through five. That look, like it or not, 
we have this ministry. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to give up because if we don't, yeah. who's going to? So, okay, we'll take whatever we have to take and we'll endure whatever we have to do, endure. And even when we're weak, God will use us for good things. Mm -hmm. And then he says over in chapter 13, verse 10, this is the last verse, and I love what it says here. Read that one. Yeah. For this reason, I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I come, I may not have to serve in my use of the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. All right. Why did God give him this authority to be this apostle and this evangelist? To build people up, to help mm -hmm. people, yeah. not to tear people down. <clears throat> so they could slander him, they could abuse mm -hmm. him, they could do all those things, but he still had to carry out this ministry. Yeah. To, to anybody out there that thinks of being a minister as a job, it's a job I go to. Mm. I go in and I, you know, it's my job. Yeah. And you separate yourself from the job. If you can separate yourself from the job of being a minister of Christ, if you can separate yourself from the, the acceptance of that as a mission of your life, then you don't understand what it means to be an evangelist. Mm. Strong words. I believe them. I think that Paul would back you up, Paul. I do. <laughs> I think that the nice thing is he does have just that brief moment at the end of the book where he goes, despite all of that. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God yeah. and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Yeah. Amen. He's still, he's still, he loves them. He loves yeah. them. He's like, he never has stopped loving them. There we go. But he's a human being and he's frustrated. So the book of 2 Corinthians is about... One who took his ministry extremely seriously mm. in the face of a lot of personal hurt and disappointment, yet he kept on keeping on. That's the message of the book. There we go. Maybe that'll be encouraging for some of you out there. Amen. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.